Hey, everybody out there, you're listening to Not Too Taboo. I'm sitting here with Gretchen Christine Rossi, the boss lady. Yeah. The person I work for. <laughs> Don't you forget it. It's so true. I just drive the car and carry your handbags. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. We really uh, appreciate it. Um, I'm excited. We have, a, we have a very special guest today. I know. I'm really excited to chat with her. She's a very successful, powerful woman. She is. I'm surrounded by powerful womenness. Aren't you, though? Yeah. I'm feeling very lucky. And blessed, and maybe I can learn a trick, trick or two. Yeah. <laughs> At least you're smart, and you know that we're like powerful, and like we basically run the what's the word? Roll the roost. Yeah. I always get well, that's I, good. I get this I was wrong. Just thinking, I run the world. I oh, <laughs> girls do run the world. Yes, you ladies do. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell that this is going to be one of those interviews where I just sit back and shut up. Pretty much. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much can tell that. <laughs> um, but this is going to be really fun for you. Yeah. Because uh, you know so. we mentioned it a couple times before, but I don't know if people remember that. So Gretchen and I both come from the real estate world. Uh-huh. I was in it for 18 years. Yep. Still in it. You know, so we're both licensed agents for a very long time. Gretchen was in the top 7% of the world for Caldwell Banker back in the day. Oh, look when, at you throwing out the numbers. Well, that's because I got the certificate on the wall. That's so cute that you remember that. Yeah. I was wow. I was I was intrigued. You're like who's the hot realtor? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really cute that you actually remember like the number and everything. I don't know a lot of men that would actually like remember that number and like throw it out. There okay. Like in that. my defense, yeah. we cleaned out your office to make the nursery. Yeah. And so we've moved your stuff into my office. Yeah. And I found this certificate <laughs> <laughs> recently. Oh, darn so it. anyway, <laughs> I was totally like giving you cro- crops. <laughs> props. Yeah. I need a crop. Props for yeah. that. Okay, you guys, our guest today is the first female ever to star on the hit Bravo real estate reality show, Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles. Not only is she one of the top real estate agents in Beverly Hills, she's a single working mom. She's the author of her first book called Fear is Just a Four-Letter Word, How to Develop the Unstoppable Confidence to Own Any Room. Everybody, please welcome Tracy Tudor. <laughs> What's up? How are you guys? Just- just to, you know, the best part of our day is me playing with this board that makes all these sounds. <laughs> yeah. And that's our well, amazing- I, by the way, did not know that you guys both started in real estate. Oh, oh I know. Yeah. Isn't that fun? That's why we're, we're excited to talk to you because we have like a whole background in real estate. That's actually how Slade and I first met. Yep. And and, and more fun no facts way. for you. So uh-huh. the, the Joshes are friends. We know both Josh and Josh because obviously we were attached to Bravo for, I was eight years. Gretchen was for five years, part of the Bravo family. Um, Maurizio is a good friend of ours as well. We actually talked with him about opening the agency in Orange County yeah. several years back. Yeah. So oh, very cool. we yeah. still have our fingers in the real estate game. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it's really fun for me to talk to a fellow businesswoman first and foremost, but another woman that, um, you know, so successful in real estate. I was, I was a young real estate agent when I started, I was 23 when I started and it was really tough being yeah. a, such a young woman in Newport Beach, where you're dealing with, you know, multi-million dollar homes and you're just dealing with very high-end clientele and you come prancing in as this 23-year-old and they're like, what? You know, yeah. like what makes I, you th- I think you're going to sell I'm not trusting my $20 million listing to you. Yeah. So I really, really had to like make a name for myself and work really hard. I mean, I think, I'm, and I'm no joke when I tell you this, I was working anywhere from 60, sometimes 80 hours a week, week. Um, just because it was, it was just a lot. Like it was a lot going on. I started, um, working for one of the top real estate agents, uh, here in town and, uh, she just required a lot of me. So, but I loved it. I really, really enjoyed real estate. Um, but you know, what's interesting, Tracy, I noticed about you, um, that you're, you kind of like were 
were where I came from in the sense of I had a totally different degree. Like I went to school for something completely different than real for estate. For psychology. Yeah, I have Which it. I'm still pissed at her for not telling me about that. Because <laughs> she um, works me over on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went to school for psychology. And then you actually went to USC uh, for theater. Is that correct? I did. I did. I studied theater. I mean, I was kind of in that world from the time that I was a little kid and I was, you know, I was dancing and then, um, you know, we would do plays and stuff and I was involved in theater. And then, um, you know, I mean, natural thing to happen would be to start a girl's group. So I was in a singing group too. I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't even going to college and my dad and mom essentially was like, you will be cut off and oh, you know, wow. that's that you're going to school. Yeah. So I ended up at USC and I studied theater there and a uh, full circle moment. You know, I got out of that obviously, and I've been in real estate for the last 20 years. And now, you know, yeah. a couple years ago, joined the Bravo family and back on TV. Yeah. So, it, yeah. I know. Isn't that turns wild? Out, turns like, out theater is a good degree for our bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I know She's that's so, so our people right that's now. That's so the truth. Cause even like my psychology degree, I use that. I swear to goodness more than, you 100%. know, yes. Like it, like a lot of real estate has to do with the psychology of like dealing with humans because people and are which crazy. human, right? Cause in some cases, Gretchen used to tell me all these stories and I'm sure you will, you, you will know this all too well, where it's not always the guy making the decision. Sometimes it's the wife. Well, most of the could, time the women end up making the decision. Actually all the time now that I think about that. <laughs> yeah. But the point was, is, yeah, you know, I would say it's, it's like a 75, 25. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, in our house is 100% zero. <laughs> that is not <laughs> true. <laughs> That's not true. But yeah, so it's interesting to me. So what, how'd you, where did you um, take off with the real estate? Like, when did you decide that, okay, I'm going to switch gears? You know what? I was, I was, I had graduated from USC and I got an agent and I was going on auditions, but they were few and far between. And I wasn't really sure where I fit in. You know, it's like, right. I wasn't like, you know, the coveted like hot girl or, and I wasn't funny enough. And I wasn't like a character. I just didn't really get it. And I remember I was, waiting tables because I felt like I needed to put in like that time and, right. you know, have grit to be an actor. So like I had this degree and I could have, you know, gone to work full time somewhere and I just was trying to do it the hard way. And then I gave up on that and I started working in my dad's office and I got a phone call from one of my girlfriends who is an actress and, and a successful one at that. And we were chatting and I'm like, what's it like? You're on this like hot new show. And like you're like living our dream. Like this is bananas. And she kind of was like, it's, it's kind of messed up trace. It's kind of bureaucracy at its finest. And there's a hierarchy and drama on the set. It's just not sort of how we imagine it. I was yeah. like, what, you know, Yeah. what do you mean? It's not like you're not, you're getting to do what we all wanted to do for so many years. And it just wasn't really what it cracked up to be. And I started having a conversation about, do I really want to wake up and be 40? And this is what I was saying to myself at 23, do I want to wake up and be 40 years old and still be fucking waiting tables? And yeah. the truth is, I didn't. And I wanted to make money. And I just kind of said to myself, what can I do? Wow. And a girlfriend, another friend of mine was like, let's get into real estate. Like, we know a bunch of people. Like, this is the same story that you were talking about earlier. Like, yeah. people are obviously going to, like, come to me. I mean, I know everybody. And like the ego kicks in and you're like, who's handing over their greatest asset to a 23 year old with yep. like zero experience who has an ego the size of like, yeah. you know, 
yeah. the continent of Africa. So <laughs> I, I was, I, you know, I was an ego driven, um, money hungry, like, but also I had a lot of hustle and I started in real estate working for Sotheby's on the sunset strip. And I remember I met with the, the manager of that office and he was like, well, what makes you, you know, what separates you from everybody else? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I need to make like 90 grand a year to survive. Right. And he's like, you realize most real estate agents make, you know, 30 grand. 30 grand. I was just going to say 30 grand. Yeah. 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 And I was like, well, I was like, again, cocky. And I was like, yep. well, that just won't work for me. And he's like, you're <laughs> like hired. So Cut two. Yes! What did I make my first two years? 30. Uh, I know. Right. Right. 30. Oh my God. That's so, funny. This sounds know, so I mean, similar to my story. Yeah. Yeah. And I ended up, you know, in my third year, I joined a team and then things started to pick up. And then by year four, I think I, I, you know, I was making six figures and yeah. I never thought in a million years, that I would be able to do that. You know, yeah. I was like, I had a degree in acting, like big deal. Right, right, um, right. And so all of a sudden I realized I'm, I'm good at this and this is real and it's limitless. And I liked the idea of no one putting confines on, you know, what I was going to be able to make. make yeah. And that was very attractive to me. Now tell me something. Um, your now you is this correct? Am I saying this right? Your father and also your grandfather, uh, they were involved with real estate as well. Is that correct? Well, it's not it's not necessarily real estate. I mean, my 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 dad is a massive public works contractor. So he builds bridges, tunnels, oh, the metro it. rail, oh. the BART, yeah. casinos yeah. in Vegas, you know, um, New York. Like so massive, massive, massive projects. Um my grandfather, uh, rest his soul, um, started the company and obviously it was a m- much smaller. And when my dad, uh, took it over, um, he built it to what it is today, wow, which is incredible. now a public company. So do you feel like your father, um, taught you a lot about work ethic or did you ever end up working with your father or did you ever do anything with him? I did all? when oh, I did? was, yeah, yeah. So when I, when I quit like uh waiting tables and was like, I, just need, I went and worked for my dad for like two years thinking maybe I could take, you know, this business over. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. Why not? Why no? Um, Tell me why. But you know, it was like, another, I just like the corporate environment of the construction world is really super tragic and not exciting. Mm. And without a degree in engineering or yeah. a really strong understanding of numbers, which I unfortunately did not receive from my father, um, <laughs> you know, I just didn't see the path being, the path just was not realistic. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, it's a very, I mean, you think, I mean, a lot of businesses are male dominated, but yeah. in the construction world, particularly at his oh, I level, bet. I mean, there was like four women and four women in the company, wow. you know? So yeah. to say that I didn't fit in and had a big mouth was an understatement. Yeah. So speaking of which- My dad was happy to see me go. Oh, <laughs> so cute. <laughs> speaking of which, how how has it been? Well, explain to me a little bit, because when I first, you know, started in real estate, um, it was it was difficult because you know when you're walking into these homes with with these you know high end clientele and a, and another woman sees you walk in and you know you're a beautiful girl and you know you take care of yourself you know you work out you look great how do you deal with being a woman in this business and people respecting you and taking you seriously or maybe I should ask this question when you first started how did you overcome that 
Well, I mean, obviously, I, I mean, like sort of hanging it over my head, but I mean, we're talking about being an attractive woman mm-hmm. in a business where you're dealing with, you know, husbands and wives yeah. and, um, you know, you really have to be able to shift. And that's something that I talk about in the book quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's knowing your room when you walk into it. And that's something that I think I innately had for a long time. Um, but it's practice and it's being able to read people yeah. and it's doing your diligence before you walk into a room and believe it. I mean, I, de- I, I always am going to be authentic to who I am, but even when I was 23 and I was maybe even more authentic than I am now, um, <laughs> I, I would have the cognizance and the understanding that if I'm going into a room with a husband and wife and I'm sitting down with them to talk about a listing opportunity, I'm always going to play to the female. Yes. And if I see in the room, if I see in the room, but because, but, but I'm also a girl's girl. So that nat- that that's authentic to me. Right. Um, but if I see that they're not responsive to me for whatever reason, maybe they, they, you know, they are intimidated for whatever reason, or that is, is then I'll shift. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you ha- kind of have to be able to do on the fly. And it's not something that comes easy for a 23 year old girl, right? Because you don't have experience, you don't have experience on your side. Right. So it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of, of being confident. It's also, um, you know, being able to dress for the room. I think that's important. Very true. And then, um, kind of faking it until you make it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally get I mean, it. You, ha- you have to, I think, I think women, I think women are more respectful of other women who haven't, we'll look them square in the eye, tell them like it is mm-hmm. and, and not play to the male in the room. Right. And then once you've won a female over, then you just, you do your job. Yep. Yep. And you'll appeal and, to, and, to, to the, to the guy as well. And I should probably clarify for those people that are listening too. like when you make a comment, like fake it until you make it, people have to realize that you don't, you don't obtain your real estate license and walk through the front door of a real estate office in your first year and have the necessary transactional experience to, to really continue to propel yourself. This, this is a game of time and experience, and, and you have to go through the challenges, the ups and downs of the escrows and the lenders and all this stuff to really get to a point where you, you no longer have to fake it because you've done so many transactions. Right. But there's no way for a first-time agent well, to, to know the language, to speak it, to, to, to go through it. Right. And you just have to have the, the guts, you like have you say, the guts yeah. and confidence to just step forward. And whether you've handled a transaction like this before or not, you have to work your way through it. Mm-hmm. Well, and you also have to figure out, like, you know, that might be your weakness, being new to the business. And But what's your strength? Like, what, what makes you stand out over the 20-year vet? You know, so when I uh, know that I'm going up against maybe somebody that is maybe newer to the business, but has a relationship perhaps mm-hmm. with the client, you know, they, if I'm them, I'm playing up the fact that I'm, I'm young, I'm aggressive yeah. and I'm going to pay more attention to you and give you everything that I have versus a 20 year vet who has 125 million in active listings to attend to. Right. And, you know. And and so you you have to be able to shift and navigate through that because it's like the cart before the horse thing. Like you're never going to get the listing unless you figure out a way to get that. How do you get that first one? And you have to be pretty savvy. You got to be able to read people and, and then you got to fake it. You know, like if you can't bring experience to the table, what the hell else can you bring? Relationships, Mm -hmm. your network, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's great advice. I love that. I think people always, you know, wonder how people get started in a business and how they become successful. And I think those are really, you know, great sound. Um, it's great sound advice for people. Um, speaking of your book, I I love just the concept behind this book. I think it's so great. Um, I've I've seen some interviews that you've done um, where you're talking about. Um, that you hope that the book will help other women so it doesn't take them 20 years, you know, to figure out some of the stuff um, that you have figured out. And that the book is really like this basic um, essential tips for women wanting to get either into business or maybe coming back after having kids. Um, Tell us a little bit more about the book and your inspiration behind that. Well, I mean, I I had this incredible platform coming on to a TV show with all men, you know, and, you know, I think it, it taken them 10 years to get the right female on the show right. and it happened to be me. And so that was like this huge blessing. And it's like, what am I going to do with it? You yeah. know? And I always believe in capturing a moment and I never like settling for just where I am. So, you know, I just don't believe in mediocrity. And so for me, it was like, what can I do with this? Where can I take this? Like, what can I share? And I started realizing my audience was women, obviously, yeah. and right. fabulous gay men. Um, <laughs> yes. But my audience is primarily women. Yeah. yeah. But primarily women. And I wanted to be able to speak to them because I have been beaten down. Like it took yeah. me a long ass time to really, really get where I'm going and be able to compete at the level that I'm competing at. And yeah. I wanted to share that. I wanted to share like the times that I've fallen on my face and why. And, you know, and be able to give them some tips and tools to kind of, because I think it all starts with fear. You know, the only reason you're not out doing what you're doing, whether, you know, for me right now, I'm like really into getting healthy and working out and being the strongest I can be. And if you're you're wanting to get back into business and you have that, that, you know, it's like that devil on your shoulder that's saying, you know, when you've been out of it for so long, or you're so new and who's going to trust you at 23, um, or I have kids and they're, how are they going to live without me from nine right. to five? It's like all the all lies things, we tell you know, ourselves. You, yeah. That, that, because you're scared to hell, scared to hell that you're going to fail. And yeah. the truth is, I, I believe in sort of announcing that fear totally out loud and then, you know, saying, fuck it and diving off. I mean, forgive me. I'm, I kind of curse a little bit. No, it's okay. <laughs> totally okay. Problem. It's okay. Um, this is called not too but, taboo. So you can it, get to do whatever you want. That's right. <laughs> Good. Thank goodness. <laughs> and we're not very fucking sensitive. So like it's okay. At that point, yeah. <laughs> but at that point, it, you know, I think it's a huge, and I, I talk about steps in the book, but that's really what inspired me to do it because I was like, God, I wish someone kind of walked me through that path and told me that I should have joined a team earlier with, yeah. by someone that inspired me that would have taken me up the ladder faster. I mean, really, like there's advantages to learning from someone that's been doing it 20 years, but then also branching out on your own and bringing something fresh to the table. So. It it just was something that I felt particularly in the last five years with women, the women's movement happening and, and some of the things that I've experienced personally um, with relationship to being a female in, in the business world that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, there's a chapter. So I wrote a book. There's a chapter called Fight Like a Girl. I just love that chapter title. Tell me what that's about. So I think that, you know, embracing sort of your strength as a female is a really important thing. And everybody's afraid to be called a bitch. I live for it. So, <laughs> you know, that's amazing. <laughs> but, in, but I think there's like a, there's different, there's different 
space for that, right? And I think, you know, again, when you're analyzing different rooms that you're walking into, be it a meeting um, with a potential client or an interview for a position or, you know, even a personal and or social situation amongst new people that you're meeting in a friendship circle, I think that there's um, a time and a place to, you know, be able to snap into that mode where, you know, you can be tough as shit and look at someone square in the eye and say it like it is without having the fear that it's going to come back to you in some sort of negative way. You know, when women generally stand up and speak clearly mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, when they speak clearly and they have a very good idea of where they're coming from, they tend to be viewed as being controlling Mm -hmm. or bitchy or trying to dominate the conversation or coming from behind and overcompensating. And I just, I just don't think that's how it is. But I also think there's a way to shift from, from being tough into also using some of your feminine, you know, there's, there's a reason that we do really well. And it's because our intuition is better than most men. And I don't think men trust their intuition as much as women do. Right. Now, I think it's something that that needs to, you know, be something that we do more and I think ask ask questions less of other people and other people's opinion less and listen to your gut because in most situations when you need to fight, sometimes it might not require you to stand up and be a tough be like play tough guy, but it might require you to just be a little bit smarter and a little yeah. bit more intuitive on how to come around from the back and, and surprise someone. Um, in most cases when I've won sort of, uh, or I felt like I walked out of the room and won, it wasn't because I was my typical sort of tough bitch self. It was because I came around from the, from back and kind of surprised someone and caught them off guard. And that's what I mean by fight like a girl. Are you a Scorpio? I'm curious. I'm a Leo. You're a Leo. Yeah, that makes sense with the Leo too. Mm. I'm taking all this in and getting more in touch with my feminine side. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, it's so true. I I mean, you're talking all about this, you know, self-awareness and that's another chapter. Self-awareness is a must. And I I know that you said that chapter was challenging to write. So um, tell me about that. Why was that challenging to write? I just think that, you know, for me, I think putting myself on a TV show was a scary, scary thing. And only at my ripe age of <laughs> 44. And I think I started the show when I was like 40. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I, I like put myself on blast. Right. And I, I, the one thing I said to myself is I was going to be authentic. I wasn't going to play some fucking role where, you know, and they were, you know, I remember they were so worried when they were, when they were producing the show that, you know, they wanted me to come off as strong as the guys. And, you know, my number should be as good and, and don't, you know, as if, because I was a female, I was going to be, you know, stomped all over. And I was like, look, I'm going to be authentic to what you guys liked about me in the first place. If you get in my head about needing to, you know, be tougher or this or that, Uh like it's not going to come I'm not going to be my authentic self and it's it's all going to go to hell in a handbasket. But then that also watching it back, you have this moment where that all that self-realization stuff kicks in. And I think the greatest thing you can do for yourself, and I don't think, you know, a lot of 20 year olds have this grasp yet and it takes time, but it's like knowing your weaknesses and I've learned mine 
and I know them and I'm sure I'll discover more. I'm not saying like the journey's over and I'm all, I'm super clear about, you know, right, right. everything it's that I evolving. do, wonderful yeah. or bad. It's always evolving. But I yeah. think that when, once you have a very clear picture of what your weaknesses are, you're so much more effective in your personal life and in your business life. And I think so many people don't want to admit their weaknesses or that they're not good at one thing or another, be it communication um, or or showing vulnerability. Like that's a huge thing. No one ever wants to be vulnerable. Right. Um, and they consider that a weakness. But mm-hmm. being vulnerable is a large piece of how you are able to manipulate a room. Yeah. You show vulnerability and then everybody lets their guards down. Mm-hmm. And then you come in with a left hook. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's just the psychology behind it all. It, I totally, I totally feel you. There is psychology, but, but you have to know what, what those weaknesses are in yourself and in others and be aware of wherever you are lacking and whatever it is that you're lacking, you better fill that void with putting the right people around you to, to do it. And that, I've done that. You know, I have a business partner now who graduated from Columbia with a degree in finance and she runs the business end of it. I don't have time to right. get sucked into that, nor am I good at it. Right. So, yeah. you know, it's, I think that's a large piece of kind of being effective in business is knowing what your weaknesses are and, and filling it. Yeah, that's great. So advice. here's, here's what's going to happen because you've given us such sound advice. Gretchen's going to take a look at me and go, look, I'm just trying to help you out when I call out all these weaknesses. <laughs> I'm going to make a list. Tracy said it was okay. Uh, Don't be a little bitch about it. Oh, but the list is long. My God. Yeah. <laughs> well, the point is, Slade, the exercise is supposed to be done by yourself. So we oh, trust me. I understand how the exercise is supposed to be done, but you just have recently met my wife. <laughs> and she's like, I'm just helping you along. I know you're kind of old as fuck. Oh I just want to be, you know, I just want to be sure that I, you know. You're so old, you forgot about most of the weaknesses you still have. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. I have to do <laughs> a recap reassessment, buddy. Yeah, reassessment. Mm-hmm. Um, Tracy, you know, being on reality TV ourselves, we, um, you know, that was that was not the easiest part. I mean, obviously, you go on the show and, you know, you have to expose your vulnerabilities. And, you know, sometimes when you watch yourself back and you're like, for the love of God, did I do that? Did I say that? Like, you know, it's tough. And I think, um, you know, I started the show in my thirties and I was, and I don't, I don't, I don't really necessarily consider myself like an insecure person. And I don't think I really was ever insecure, but it's funny how watching yourself on TV, having so many people's opinion of everything that you are doing, well, it can create insecurity, it can create that, you didn't know you insecurity had that you never really had before. So um, you know, and I know that you went through, is it, were you, um, married when you were first on the show and then did you get divorced yes. while you were on the show? I, so- I was, yes. Yeah. So I, when I decided to take the show, it was definitely, you know, a discussion that I had with my husband Yeah. at the time. And we were together for almost 18 years by the yeah. time we got wow. actually divorced. So we have been together since I was 24, 25 years old. Um, So I definitely had a conversation with him and he was opposed to it. And that bothered me. Um, It bothered me because I was 40 years old. I had two girls that were off in school. I struggled with my business for a long time. Um, And this was a platform for me to potentially take it to the next level. And I felt that he made it about him Mm. and where I was going to have less time for him. And Mm. I wasn't down with that. So I did it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And 
did it cause my divorce? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, I think that it was, there's a reason I took the show and that there's a reason he opposed me taking it. So, you know, it, it's something that played out, um, the first, the whole first season that I was on the show, I was quietly going through a lot with my husband, which, you know, there's a particular scene that we had that was talked about for God. It's still talked about, um, where he calls me out for not knowing my daughter's what grade my daughter was in. And she was in second grade at the time. And he said, work much. I said, I said, she's in second grade. She'll figure it out. She's only, you know, what? and he said, she's in third. And I said, no, she's not. She's in second. He said, work much. And I fell apart and we stopped shooting. And I said, why'd you throw me under the bus like that? And he didn't realize that he was actually wrong. Oh wow! But wait, but that's did, what they course, aired, did, isn't it? Course, is that what that's what they aired? And like, of course, of did course the audience? It. Oh, jeez. Yeah. The audience. Yeah. So the audience didn't know um, yeah. that I was wrong or that Jason was oh, wrong no. until the next episode. Oh, that's the worst. And then, because like, for that whole, they teased it. They that, teased for that his, whole his week. They're like saying like all these things to you. I'm sure on social media and beating you up of like I you don't even know because oh. I was new. Now I give zero F, but yeah. this was my first season. I was the first female on yep. the show and yep. I was getting annihilated for being a yep. workaholic ass yep. wife who doesn't know her kids' ages. And yep. I knew it was bullshit, but it's like, I didn't want to throw him under the bus at the same time. It was just, it was really traumatizing for me on a big level, but yeah. old, and he never watched, he never watched it, never yeah. watched that episode because he it's knew hard. how badly he screwed up. And by the end of that year, you know, we parted ways and, and, um, we're super close now and we're great co-parents to our daughters and we're both so much happier. And to be honest with you, the marriage ran its course by the time I got to say yes to the show. So, you know, everybody always has this presumption, you know, they make these presumptions about people on reality TV that get divorces that you did a TV show and that's why you got divorced. And it's like, no one gets a divorce because they're on a TV show. They get a divorce because they should have gotten a divorce and now it's just on television. Yeah. 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 That's very true. It it tends to, I use, um, I use just describe it as kind of a hyper reality things that were existing and already going to happen in the relationship. The difference is, is that had you not been on the show, you might've suffered through the next four five, six years and never really been forced to face the challenges that were already existing. And, and sometimes, you know, having your own thing like this and independence and all these things bring up insecurities in your partner that that Mm -hmm. maybe weren't quite as prevalent. Mm -hmm. And then that really kind of leads to the demise of things. It was always there, right? It just, it It exemplifies it sometimes. yeah. Yeah. It's another thing that I talk about all the time. And I think Gretchen, you'll kind of understand this too, is I have so many girlfriends and I'm sure you guys do too, that, you know, maybe would not still be in the marriages that they're in if they had maintained some level of independence. Oh, they were attorneys. They were, they were badass corporate executive producers at huge studios, but they, they, you know, had three kids and now they're like, you know, 20 years into a marriage and they're just not really sure that that they want another 20 years there. And, yeah. and the truth is like, I want to speak to those women too, because I want to be like, it's not over. 
just, just, you just haven't worked in a minute. And it's like, that's, I think those women are just as important to talk to about fear. I mean, you think because you get to your mid forties and you've kind of got it all figured out, but so many people are just stuck in bad situations that if they could, you know, I, I always say that when I was trying to figure out, and I'm sure my husband feels the same way or ex-husband, I sat on the fence for so long about whether or not I should pull the trigger and, and yeah. move on from this very long, lifelong relationship that I had had. Yeah. And only when I like took the leap of faith and sort of flew off the fence, did I recognize that I landed on my feet and I was like, oh, I'll never go back. Yeah. And I was, it was clear as day, but it wasn't until I took the leap of faith and trusted myself, um, that I empowered myself to, to be successful as a single mom and, you know, be able to raise two girls and be proud of that and work and let them see me work and let them see me work harder as a single mom, because I have to provide more. Yeah. Yeah. I want my girls to understand that. And I think, you know, I think I want, you know, other women to understand that it doesn't just end at, you know, 40 or 45 or 50 because, you're stuck in a marriage and you think you can't live on your own anymore. And, you know, I also want to point out um, that, and a lot of people might not know this about you, but neither of you pay child support or spousal support per the terms of your guys' prenuptial agreement. So I think sometimes that people get this like perception of like, oh, she was married. She has, you know, she's just getting money and she doesn't really have to work, but it's like, it's not like that for you. And you're a hardworking mom out <laughs> every day. If anything, you know, it's the opposite. Exactly. And a lot of people don't realize that. And it's hard because it's like, you don't want to have to go out there and, you know, say that or throw somebody under the bus or, you know, it's not about that. It's like, no. you just want to keep working and just doing your thing. And like you said, you, you are a role model and example now to your two girls, Juliet and Scarlett. And it's like, those are the things that, you know, you want to show them that it doesn't matter whether or not you have a man in your life, like you can still take care of yourself and, you know, do well for yourself and all that. So I think that that's great that you um, have that. Okay. So I do have yeah. a question though, because we have a baby girl now. What, like what, explain to me what I'm, you know, in for. <laughs> <laughs> wait, oh this God, reminds me, bad. wait a minute. We have to, who was it? Was it Brick Shields? Oh yeah. That was, was on watch what happens live. Mm -hmm. And Andy Cohen said, you've got two children, mm -hmm. a boy and a girl. What's uh, their names? What, what's, what's their names and uh, how are things going? Uh, so what are their names again? And she said, like Brandon and asshole. Yeah. She's like, the name is Brandon. And then the daughter's asshole. <laughs> Cause she was like a 13 year old, like, you know, basically, I, I mean, it was so funny. And to hear it from like someone like Brooke Shields that, you know, you yeah. think is like, has the perfect white picket fence and all that. So, um, so tell me how is it raising two girls? I and love, like, I love that by the way. Right. I, I, listen, I, you know, I, first I will say they are little precious little peanuts when they yeah. are babies. And, I will, uh, you know, to, to be lucky enough to get a little girl, I mean, they're fantastic. So yeah. know that. And then there's a few periods that just get a little shaky. And yeah. it, for me, it was like between the age of probably two and a half and five when they went to school finally. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, it starts getting shaky again in the preteen years, that the yeah. hormonal phase where you're like begging them to get their period because you would like it to just start already. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. like, get it over with. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, they're so hormonal. And this is actually, they'd kill me if they knew I was talking about this, but they won't hear this. <laughs> but Jason and I were talking about this the other day because I'm like, listen, he's like, you know, Scarlett is, yeah, she's a little asshole. 
And I'm like, I know <laughs> she's, she's in it. Yeah. She's deep. Yeah. And he's, I'm like, listen, you got to just call me because you can't do right now. She's like, you know, coming at you a hundred miles an hour. And, mm-hmm. you know, for him being a dad and not having me in the house with him to yeah. be able to be like, okay, take a step back. Let me handle this. Yeah. I'm like, you need to just call me and like, take a break, take a beat. Don't talk to her. He's crazy. <laughs> so, Go lock yourself in the room you know? and call me. <laughs> well, and it's it well, is right. scary. And I say it, this to her too. I'm like, take your hormonal ass upstairs and come back down. Like when your head is screwed on, you're like a yeah. lunatic. <laughs> but yeah. see, it's so scary for a dad too to think about how uh, we're going to deal with this. We had a friend at the house yesterday. We were working on a project, and a friend was over, and she got the phone call. Her nine year old daughter started her period. Oh, I didn't even know that. Heather's yeah. Oh, you didn't yeah. tell me well, that. Because it well, was happening she, during the middle. She, yeah, but maybe she skipped the whole, like, you know, when they start getting attitude yeah. at 12 and then oh, they're no. going on top of it. She might have just gotten out on, at the perfect time. I feel like once yeah. you start well, your period, then they kind of come back down to earth again. Oh, but it's wow. like that that's hormonal a, That's change early, right? Is that I think early? that's early. And she said that she's been slamming. She goes, she's been a little that's ass. Pretty she's early. been slamming doors and angry and all pissed off. She goes, now I get it. Oh, that's funny. Now you know yeah. why. See? Now you know why. That's, I'm, I am, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little, like, I was so excited. All I've ever wanted and prayed for was a little girl. It took us, you know, close to five years to get our, you know, precious blessings, Skylar Gray. Um, but, you know, now, like, when I hear these, like, horror stories of, like, these girls at these ages, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, how am I going to deal with this, you know? So, is, it, is it too soon well, to ask for your phone you number, this. Tracy? <laughs> yeah, is it, can is we it, just is have it a too soon to ask for your mobile number? Line to you? Oh, my gosh. I might have a listing. I might have a listing to refer to you. Oh, my gosh. I will tell you, though, too, like, I don't – I. I, my friends look at me and they're like, you're, you're such an ass. I don't know how you got blessed with such good girls because you know, I'm like, I'm pretty out there and fun and sassy and all of those things. So I think most of my girlfriends would have assumed I would have had kids like that. And my first Juliet is like, you know, I mean, she's really outside of, you know, a few little things. I mean, she's kind of sent from heaven. Now, is that going to shift? And then you know, Jason's going to have to take over when she's 15 and like knows right. that she's trying to sneak out of the house and, and right. like meet up with a boy. Yeah, uh, uh, That's when it will shift and like, you know, it'll probably go into dad territory and she won't speak to me for two years. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah. All that stuff is so scary. I'm getting so our daughter in the- yeah. I'm getting our daughter into MMA right now. <laughs> she's she's nine months old. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's funny. So what do the girls think of um, of you being on TV? You know, they were on the first season with us a little bit, and then yeah. we made the decision to kind of, you know, pull them out of it, um, yeah. particularly during everything that we were going through. Yeah. Um, we just didn't want them to be exposed like that, but they love it. I mean, you know, now my daughter, Juliet, is a little bit older, and so her friends follow me, and they're, you know, she gets so annoyed, like, if I post yeah. something that's like, you know, a little risque and like one yeah. of her friends sees it and they're like, your mom is so, your mom's so hilarious. And she's like, mom, you know, I don't care. Like whatever you're on a show, but like, can you take that down? And I'm like, no, right. no, I can't. Right. Have, so have you had kid. any of the, like, um, of the girls, boys, like boyfriends in their lives, like not boyfriends, but you know what I mean? Like guy friends in their lives. Coming be, like, on to mom. be like, your mom's hot. Is that, has that happened yet? Uh, are you the face <laughs> of hotmom.com? <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's so freaky by the way like that I can't right? wrap my head around it but my 
basically one of my niece, like she's like a niece to me. I've, I've known her since she was the day she was born. And she called me one night from the house. And I'm like, what's up, honey? And she's like, I'm here with my guy friends and they think you're hot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. I feel like that's like that moment that you're like, this is just weird a little bit, but like it's it's bound <laughs> to happen, especially, I mean, because look at you, like you look at your Instagram and like you work out, you're beautiful, like you've got it, definitely got it going on. I totally sound like I'm into like girls right now. <laughs> like that is not how I meant that to come across. Hey, but, notice I'm not stopping you are, you. You're beautiful. I'm not stopping you. Um. Okay. So, um, <laughs> So, okay. So if I, what is the hardest years as a mom? So like, where, where do you think, do you think it's the teenage years or do you think it's like the toddler years? I do. I think because you'll understand, I mean, you've been there. I don't know what your teenage years were like, but I was a little bit wild. I kind of have been there, done that. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't really very sheltered. So I discovered quite a bit at an age that was relatively early. So, you know, like all flags are ready to go up. And I think I haven't had that issue yet because I still think I have a relatively innocent daughter, but, um, I do think the teenage years for girls once, you know, it's that whole, that that whole social media thing where all of a sudden your daughter's like (sighs) posting like silly little selfies. And then one day you're like, wait a minute, she's in a bikini on Instagram. Like, am I like, is that okay? And I just really haven't had to be exposed to that with my daughter yet. But it's a yeah. little scary because, yeah. you know, then all of a sudden you look down and and they're growing up a little bit faster than you want to. So I would say it's that time. Like when all of yeah. a sudden they recognize that they might be a little bit pretty yeah. and that someone might be interested, yeah. it gives them this well, false sense of security as social media does. And yeah. it's wh- whatever life you want to show is the life that you can show on social media. And so these girls that are 14, 15, 16 years old are, you know, on social media doing some pretty wild things. Yeah, they really are. That's the thing about society because I think we've become a bit desensitized. The world's become a bit more overtly sexual, Mm -hmm. you know, even in in, in our artists. And I, I, I shared this on a previous cast is that I still remember the day, you know, I've got, I've got uh, two older boys and my oldest son is 27 and now married but I'll never forget, you know, I used to send him up to visit his grandfather and his cousins who were a little older than he was. And I'll never forget, he, he came home that summer and he's out doing some homework. And we had a, a separate casita on the house where he would do his homework. And he, he comes running across the courtyard and he's bawling in the center of the courtyard. And I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, dad, I accidentally typed in porn.com and I can't get the, the pop-up windows to go away. And I'm like, oh, you accidentally typed in porn.com. Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. You know? You and mean, I think he was pornhub.com. Yeah, right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't think that was around yet, right? <laughs> no, it wasn't. And just in case you'd like to be a sponsor of this episode, pornhub.com. <laughs> don't even start. Sponsoring not too taboo. Anyway, um, oh my God. yeah, no. And I had to sit down with him and have that conversation. And I made him look through the site with me and have, you know, I'm like, you have to understand that part of this is exhibition. This is not necessarily normal. We had a full on conversation and I forced him to go through it. Yeah. But it's like, you don't know what you're going to do with your kids in that moment until something happens. happens. Yeah. It's so true. Tracy, do you, um, do you think, do you think you want to ever get married again? Like what, what's your stance on dating and, and future relationships? Ooh, Gretchen going for I'm the tea. Lo- <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun. Oh, there um, we go. I like it. Wow. <laughs> I would say you so. Know, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I'm happy right now. I'm seeing somebody 
fun. It's light. It's super easy. And that's enough for me. I have kids. I've done marriage. Yeah. I've got two great girls. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it again, but yeah. I don't have a desperation to have right. that kind of traditional relationship again. Right. If it's something that the person that I love wants desperately, then I'm open for a discussion. But man, I could like live like Goldie and Kurt. Totally. Like, That's yeah, how Slade and I are. Slade and I have been together 11 years and we're not married. Yeah. And I mean, and we've and known each other way, for 21, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And people always are like, takes out, I think, a lot of that pressure, unnecessary paperwork. Right. (laughs) My friend said this uh, was like, who came up with this concept of marriage where you can't get the hell out? See? See? This is why I've always said a marriage should be a lease. It should be a lease program. Gretchen coined this on Real Housewives probably 10 years ago. You are not just saying that right now. I said this 10 years ago. Oh, shut up. That's so funny. I literally said said this on Housewives and everyone thought I was crazy. And I was like, we need to have leases. I think it's the best thing I've ever heard. Ever. Because then like, here's the thing. When you lease a car and you go to turn it in and it's like, oh, is it still working well? Is it still running right? Like, you know what I mean? Like you get to either trade in for the newer version or you get to keep the car. Like, I think it keeps people on their toes and keeps people, because sometimes people get very complacent in marriage. They're not the same person when you first married them. And then they're just like, they're expecting, you know, things of you. She's looking across the table when she's talking to you right now, (laughs) Tracy. No, stop it. People literally always ask us like, why aren't you guys married? And there's no like real there's no big reason why we haven't gotten married it's like it just works right now and why mess that up you know and it's like a piece of paper isn't going to make us love each other anymore or less well, I'll you know tell you this because i don't think that jason would care and he thought it was a hoot but when we got to our 10-year anniversary i wrote this like toast to him which was essentially my pitch that i'm i'm open to giving him an option to extend for another five years. But there are certain things that I'm going to expect in the contract. Like I mean, like I likened it to sort of like a lease with a lease with an option to, to extend. Yes. And I I do feel like it keeps people on their toes. And I think that like, there shouldn't be an, I don't like the idea of life tied to someone for life. Can't I just be tied to someone until I don't want to be tied to them anymore? <laughs> and vice versa, them to me. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can That's do that. I, I remember when Gretchen came up with this because I think on the episode, I literally took a 14 page auto lease, mm-hmm. you did. converted it to a, a word document and converted it into yeah. our, so that it reflected our relationship. Yeah. I rolled funny. it out. I rolled it out like a scroll. Yeah. And everyone I thought it was genius. crazy, but now today people are literally like, Dude, you were on to something then. <laughs> I was like, right? And then so many people come back now, which, you know, a lot of our fellow, you know, housewife people in the franchise have gotten divorced and they've all come back and been like, what's the secret to you guys? Because like you're still madly in love 11 years later and like you're making it work. And it's it's just interesting. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying it's right for everyone. I, you know, every to each their own. But for Slade and I, it's just really worked. And you know, I don't think you necessarily have to have like a marriage license to truly have like a, a marriage, you know, it's a thing that resembles this committed, beautiful relationship. So. So a um, qu- couple quick questions about million dollar listing L.A. for you. Um, Tracy, which of the guys are you truly friends with on the show? 
I'm I'm really I'm really friends with all of them. I've gotten really close to Josh Flagg this season. We didn't do a lot of deals together before, and that's generally how I've become close with most of the agents that I'm good friends with in the business. And Josh Altman, the Altman brothers, I'm very close to as well. We're from the same company. We've done deals together, and you know our offices were down the way from each other. So I used to see them quite a bit, but now Josh Flagg is living well almost living five doors down from me because he's under construction oh, wow. on his house. So he loves to stop by and visit. <laughs> <laughs> he, there's, he, there's, he's a lot of fun. <laughs> oh my God. He's that. a riot. And James and David that. are sweet too. Um, I think, you know, their kids are a little bit younger. Um, so I don't see them as much. Um, and obviously, yeah. obviously we're at different companies. So we're just kind yeah. of at a little bit of different phases in our lives. Yeah. I kind of look at all of them like a mom. I'm at this point, I'm like mama bear. They're all, you know, they all have like toddlers and I'm like, ha ha. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, it's interesting because, you know, they always say the women bring the drama, but I feel like you're not drama on the show. I feel like it's the guys, the, the guys are it's the, the guys. drama on the show. Is that true? I mean, is that how you perceive it? <laughs> that is, a, that is a thousand percent true. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh-huh. You know, Finally, for once, the women aren't the drama, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, you know, in business, I'm like, I'm very protective of my clients and, you know, how I interact with the other agents in the business. And I think for a long time, Flag and Altman had, um, you know, issues and were, you know, caused drama in open houses and there were arguments and fights. And I think everybody's kind of growing up a little bit, like dare I say, and I have obviously not seen the season, you know, I've only been a part of the scenes that I'm actually in. There is not that much drama this season, mm. like yeah. between us, which is yeah. refreshing. Yeah. Right. That's what she knows about until That's we see that until we see that OTF. Yeah. Well, I, do they even do that? Anymore? Oh, you know, I mean, there were, there's do. been a few that haven't been aired because they got a little bit, you know, they went a little over the edge. Shall oh, I say, really? That's kind of juicy. Oh, they normally, Bravo I never know, does that. They actually the way, normally always air we were on a housewife show, 1000% those shows would have aired, okay. but it's a real estate show. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Like housewives would have been all over it, but yeah. I think, yeah. you know, we, we definitely are real estate first and personal yeah. life second. You know what? That's really cool, though. I got to say something about that. That's really cool because, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, you're on this reality show and that whatever happens on that show bleeds into your real life. And, and your business. And your business. And, you know, there's a lot of things that were really damaging to me as a businesswoman, the things that people would say, you know, that a cast member would hold up. Um, a purse that wasn't even mine that was like falling apart and be like, look at this piece of crap, you know, Gretchen Christine handbag. And I'd be like, are you kidding me? And, pe- and like you're saying, people can't differentiate between that. And so I think that's cool that the production company and Bravo respects the fact that like, this is your business, this is your livelihood and that they're not going to like take it, you know, way past the line. Whereas Housewives, it's like, th- that's the golden nuggets for them. Like they're looking for those moments. You know what I mean? So, But you know, I uh, think that difference is like, and maybe, you know, when you're coming into a franchise like that and you're new to it, and obviously you guys were in it a long time ago. Like yeah, now I, it was like I think the expectation new. and the understanding of what it means to be on a totally. show like the Housewives. Totally. Um, and maybe, very different. maybe a little bit of a different expectation coming onto a show like, ours um 
you know, people are just yeah. more aware of, of reality shows now. And so yeah. I think there's just a, a greater understanding. But Bravo has done an incredible job of protecting our businesses because That's 10 years wonderful. ago, 15 years ago, you know, people joining a real estate reality show, would have, <laughs> people would have thought they would have crushed their business. And they couldn't get anybody that was actually doing business. I mean, Josh had, Josh Altman wasn't doing any business when he joined the wow. show. The show... Wow you know, made him a star. And then, yeah. you know, he became obviously more successful in real estate as the years got on, but he was really new to the business when he started this show. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so interesting. And you're right. Cause when I first started housewives, I mean, I was, I, I, I was in the fourth season, they hadn't even launched New York housewives. I mean, that's how old school, like when I first came on, it was house New York hadn't even been launched yet, which was the second franchise. And um, I, I was so green, so naive, you know, I'm 42 now. I was 30 when I first got on the show. And I just remember I, I was, I, when they aired it back, I was like, wait, what? Like, that is not what the producers told me that I was signing up for. So that was, that was hard. You know, that was hard to swallow. But now for sure, like if you walk into the show thinking that you're not going to get a dose of what it is now, then you're just an idiot and you've been living under a rock. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Too funny. Yeah. Too funny. Anyways, well, I Tracy, I can't say thank you enough for your time today. I, I feel like you gave us so much great sound advice, our audience, so much great sound advice about, you know, just work and being a mom and just, you know, everything that you have going on in your life and about being authentic and real. And I just really appreciate your time today. So thank you. For yeah. Thank you on. so much for joining well, us. You. For everybody out there watching, uh, please be sure to tune in to watch Tracy on Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles when it returns Tuesday, June 16th at 9 p.m., you can also pre-order her book, Fear is Just a Four-Letter Word. It's available on Amazon and other retailers now. And Tracy, tell us where we can find you at on social media. Um, you can find me on social media at my name, Tracy Tudor. It's pretty easy. Awesome. Well, thank you, Tracy. Thank you. We wish you continued success Thanks, in guys. everything that, that you have talking. going on. Same to you. Thank right, you, love, then. everybody. Tracy Tudor. Bye. <laughs> That was a fun episode, right, babe? That was a great episode. I learned a lot about my womanness. <laughs> about your womanness? Yeah. Now you I was, have womanness? I, you, I, she literally said I have to tap into my feminine side in order to learn about all the bad habits I have. <laughs> wow. I love that you got that all out of that. Uh -huh. um, okay, you guys. Question of the week. I think we should tap into what she was talking about in her book. And I think let's all talk about or think about you know, what our biggest fear is in our lives and really how we should be overcoming that. Don't you think, babe? I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Because right now I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm really, really just afraid. Be afraid. Be very afraid. I'm, I'm afraid of all the uh, things that I need to fix. No, you're not. You don't have a lot of things that you need to fix. Oh, I'm broken, Gretchen. Really okay, broken. Okay. So then let's ask the question. What is your biggest fear? What is my biggest fear? Yeah. Uh, letting down my wife and daughter. That's a good answer. Now, what are you going to do to fix it? <laughs> Make sure I never let down my wife and daughter. Yay! Thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> exactly. Right? Be sure to subscribe, download, and listen to Not Too Taboo. And we will see you guys next week.